You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 63 of the Comic Book Informer. We're coming to you on the first day of February, uh, the greatest month uh, for our All little family here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hello, and uh, as of course, I'm Vince, uh, along with Roger. How's it going today? I'm surviving. Yeah. Pretty much that's all we can ask for, for these right days. Right now, yes, pretty much. And before we get into our discussion for the week, DC is the gift that just keeps on giving. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like every few weeks they give some wonderful little tidbit that causes some people to cheer and other people to cry and uh, pitchforks, torches. It's an entertaining time. Uh, of course, just this morning, DC announced their latest thing. It's been rumored for a while, uh, back and forth. Uh, things got a lot closer earlier this or late last year when things seemed to be really close. And now today it's official. Coming up, uh, I believe in May is when it's starting, or it might be April even. Uh, I have to double check on that. I didn't see any date in my article. They are going to start publishing a group of miniseries called Before Watchmen. The Watchmen prequel. Before we get into thoughts and discussions about this, just run down exactly what this consists of. It is seven separate miniseries. Uh one for each character, so we have Rorschach, Comedian, Dr. Manhattan, Night Owl, Ozymandias, and Silk Spectre. Uh, the Ozymandias and Comedian ones are six issues, the others are four. Uh, the staff we have on these, Rorschach, written by Brian Azzarello, uh, the right, current writer for Wonder Woman, also writer for the uh, critically acclaimed 100 Bullets, which unfortunately I have not had a chance to read yet, with art by Lee Bermejo. Comedian is also by Azzarello, with art by J.G. Jones. Dr. Manhattan is written by the infamous J. Michael Straczynski uh, with art by Adam Hughes. Night Owl is also by JMS with art by Andy and Joe Kubert. And Ozymandias is written by Len Wein, who is actually the editor for the original uh, Watchmen uh, with art by Jai Lee. And Silk Spectre is written by Darwin Cook, uh, best known for the really good Catwoman uh, stuff uh, at the beginning of 2000, as well as uh, his adaptations of the Parker novels with art by Amanda Connor. There's also going to be a six-issue miniseries about the Minutemen, which was uh, the older team from the 40s, uh, also written by Darwin Cook, and that one, Darwin Cook, is also doing the art in that one. I have a multitude of thoughts on this, but uh, first I'm going to hand it over to you, Roger. See, I... Okay. <laughs> when we talked about it on the podcast before, I was saying how um, it's it's obviously the series means a lot more to you than it did to me, merely because uh, it, it... I honestly, again, I can't remember if I'd read it back when it came out. I believe I did, but I'm not entirely positive. It might have been right around the tail end as when I was leaving. And it wasn't something at the time that struck me that much kind of thing. So I don't have that fond memory of it. It's not the untouchable, put it that way. It's like the, the people who never saw the original Star Wars back in the day were much more receptive to the new ones kind of thing. And it's the no, same I kind wasn't. of thing. Okay, well, most of the people. <laughs> You're special. <laughs> um, and so this here, 
I don't mind the idea of playing with an existing IP. I don't mind playing with an IP and it's other people doing so and not Alan Moore. I'm I'm kind of all right with that. But it's it's I'm not looking at it as the holy grail. I'm not thinking don't you dare ruin this IP kind of thing. I'm just thinking of it in terms of, well, they're interesting characters. We care about them. Put him, put it in the hands of somebody who's going to know how to treat it properly. And hey, we might wind up with some really good stories. It's, it's. I mean, you can't hang on to just the concept that only one person can write for an IP. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we'd be stuck with, you know, like there's a lot of series that have been written by a great many writers and some people screw it up all the hell and some people do a damn fine job. So, I don't know. I'm hopeful that some really good stuff will come out of that. There's there's a lot of opportunity. Even myself as a writer, I look at this and I think of how much I would love to do some work on some of those characters and some of those stories beforehand. I look at it as a, a, a phenomenal opportunity for the writers to really get their, their hands dirty with something that is cherished. Now, granted, just like everything else, you really risk upsetting the fans because you do have those diehard fans that how dare you work on this kind of thing. So they're really, really going to have to bring their A-game for this. I mostly agree with you. Uh, as much as a huge fan as I am of Watchmen, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, go back and is- listen to issue 50. I also don't think it's untouchable. And personally, at this point, I wouldn't want Alan Moore to write another story about it because he's, at best, a raving lunatic at this point in his life. Uh, Go back 50-some-odd episodes. And uh, I actually named Alan Moore's latest uh, publication the worst comic I've ever read. So there's not any connection there for me that I'm, I'm really freaking out about. And, all right, at least Azzarello and Cook... Those are super talented writers. JMS has been. <laughs> he hasn't written anything I-, I felt was terribly good in many years. But, okay, I'm not getting into that right now. <laughs> My issue here is, is DC going to be able to create a cohesive story with this? As we've seen, they haven't been able to create a cohesive story with their big 52 relaunch. It's it's a mess. <laughs> I, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep this as one brand of Before Watchmen instead of seven separate Watchmen comics or even four. You know, what each writer has good continuity with themselves, but not in between. Uh, I like that they're keeping the stat, writing staff relatively small instead of seven separate writers. I, I just don't have enough confidence in DC right now that they could pull this off. But you're comparing... T- I want to say apples and oranges, but it's not really. It's apples and great big apples. So, I mean, <laughs> it's... it's Yes, we've seen them really destroy um, continuity and cohesiveness with the New 52, but I think the scope of the New 52 is massive compared to this, which is just a series of mini stories or mini series that will be far easier to tie in together because it is all the same characters. You're not looking at trying to integrate Batman into Flash with Wonder Woman and and that's not even talking about the freaks from space and everything else. So I think that this is far easier for them to do it and to do a good job of it. I mean, all they need to do is 
and it may be asking a lot of them, but from the get-go, okay, you're writing this story in this time frame with these people kind of thing, work with it, and, and you're doing this, and it's it's not that massive. It's it's not at all. So, I mean, if they screw this up, then then there's just no hope for them. Let's be honest. It's, mm-hmm. it's not that big a deal. I'm also wondering just how much story there is to tell here. Um, the Minutemen, I think that's a great way to go with a, a prequel because while we know those, you know, those characters and some attributes, they haven't, with the exception of uh, the original Night Owl and even Comedian, the rest of them hadn't really been developed as characters. So there's a lot to work with there. I immediately, when I heard this, went, man, that comedian prequel could be really good. I would love to read stories of, you know, the comedian when he's doing like the black ops work for the government. I I would be into that. Uh, even Silk Spectre. I, I think there's a lot more to explore with her younger life uh, living under the shadow of her mother that wasn't done in the miniseries. But some of the others like Rorschach and Dr. Manhattan, uh, mostly <sighs> a lot of the development in their characters has already been told. Sure, you can tell interesting stories with them, but I don't know if there's really any room to grow in what's already been established. Yeah, but you're looking at it... uh, I don't want to say wrong, but you're looking at it wrong. Um, (laughs) It's... For a miniseries, you're often... You don't need to have growth in the character. You don't need character development. It's a slice of time telling a story that occurred. It doesn't have to be that there's actual character development either. In the same way as a short story, there's not enough space typically for character development. It's just this occurred to this character during this time. So taking that into consideration, I feel there's actually quite a bit that they could do with every one of those characters myself. Okay. I, I'm very cautiously hopeful. <laughs> because... Really? Could you be any more on the fence? No. Okay. I, I can't, I can't be, because I, I, I want this to be good. I would love to see new content with these characters that I absolutely love. But at the same point, I have such a connection with this that if it does go wrong, it's, it's going to be crushing. <laughs> I think that the problem is is that it's going to be a lot easier for you to find faults mm-hmm. than to simply enjoy a story. I, and, I, and that that's more on me than it is on them. Oh, not just you. There's going to be a lot of people like that. But again, mm-hmm. I want to go into this with a, you know, open mind, see what comes out of it and really hope for the best. But again, case in point, if it fails, well, I'm really not going to care too much. It'll be like, okay, well, no different yeah, than I, a lot I, of other crappy miniseries. <laughs> I have a lot more invested in this, unfortunately. But I, I, I do have faith in a great deal of the talent they've assembled here. Let me just put it that way. And the covers they've showed off. Um, they showed off the, uh, the the first cover for each miniseries. The covers do set a cool tone. Like, I, I look at the cover and I go, if, the, if the, the tone that's conveyed in that cover is carried through to the story... I would be into it. The Night Owl one was great. I love the Silk Spectre. Even Comedian with his freaky, going to have nightmares about it, the <laughs> grin going on. Uh, there's, there's some cool stuff there. Dr. Manhattan, I, I, I could do without him, but <sighs> hoping for the best. Please, <laughs> please, DC. <laughs> if you've ever done anything right, do this If right. you've ever loved me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you my Batman. Just <laughs> Anyway. Uh, on to d- books that DC is currently publishing, uh, keeping up on our trend of checking back in on the New 52. Uh, the first comic we're talking about this week is The Flash, which 
is my 1A. Uh, at this point, I'm, I'm giving up on trying to figure out which one I like more, better between this and Batman, and just going with they're both amazing and I love them both. And I, I wish more comics could be like this because as, I, as we said uh, throughout the what we've been readings over the last couple months, Flash is just operating at such a high level uh, with the story structure and the comic itself. It's absolutely fantastic. I agree. I, I agree. The story has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's it's got some some hints of a lot of stuff that we've already seen in other comic books, of course, and all that. But like I've always said too, if you can do, if you can still tell a story in an interesting way, and even using certain cliches that we've seen those kind of story elements before, if you can still tell a good story using that, then I'm all right with that. And and this works. More so than that, though, and I'm sure you feel the same way, the art in these, these so far, these five issues sucks you in so much. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's so original and things like that. Like when you're looking at a panel and someone's laying down and they're crying and, and it's creating panels kind of things. It's original and it's it, it really does a phenomenal job of sucking you into the story even more. The other example is the panel that has the tree as well, when you're looking at Mm -hmm. how it branched off with him and whatnot. And, I mean, of course, the art wouldn't mean anything if the story wasn't good either, but the two works together so well that it sucks you in that much more. And when you have that level of of immersion and it is a good story to boot, then it really, really makes a big difference in, in your level of enjoyment. And they've added a few key things to the Flash uh, as a character and also the larger mythos. And the first of that is being uh, when he allowed his mind to actually tap into the speed force so that he could think as fast as he was moving. And the way that that was integrated into the comics, uh, the one scene with the, the, the car and the apple and all that stuff, just seeing him the way the panels were laid out, like it's something really hard to just describe without yeah. looking at it. But Flash is seeing everything going on in the street and focusing in on the smallest things. And op- his mind is now operating at such a high level that it makes his uh, super speed seem even more effortless. Uh, he's not constantly working to just try and keep up with it. And then the stuff with the plane. Dude, the plane. I, absolutely, it's like... <laughs> I absolutely loved that when the, the, the cops are keeping everybody off the bridge because I don't know what the heck just happened. Some really cool stuff that they're doing with Flash. And then even at the end when they, they apply the twist and the latest issue that the speed force is messing with the actual space-time continuum, that's some really cool stories yet to tell that really has me excited for this one going forward. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's... We're... See, I, I'd read some Flash before, but I'd never read it on a, a regular basis where I'd read, like, a lot, a lot. So yeah, up until a couple of years ago, I hadn't either. Yeah, so I don't know quite the extent of what his powers had been shown off as kind of thing, but... Having read this, it looks like they're really setting him up to not just be the fastest guy on Earth kind of thing, but just there's so much more to what he can do. So it's it's really putting him in a different league, especially when you're looking at the Justice League, no pun intended, but also making him not quite so two-dimensional. Now there's a lot more that he can do. It's not just go really, really fast. I mean bastard can have a freaking bullet go through his brain <laughs> so like, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of cool things going on there with the character that they're going to be able to use both in that series as well as in the justice league i i'm really excited for where the character is going and just one other thing i want to point out uh, a big 
driving force uh, with the new 52 was to create new villains for uh, all the various heroes to go up against. And the one that they've introduced here, Mob Rule, that is one freaky villain. <laughs> when when they finally gave, gave like his origin of how he's able to duplicate himself, I was like, ew. <sighs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That was fantastic. <laughs> really, really cool. And that's a great counter to Flash because, yeah, okay, this guy can shoot freeze rays or, oh, this guy can control the weather. There's only so much you know, of, of a threat they can pose against the Flash, but it doesn't matter how fast you're moving. If there's 200 guys going against you, that is a threat. Yeah, so but... I, it, See, the thing is, is that the old villains, and that's part of why I was never really a huge fan before, too. The old villains, they were, they were lame. They had to group up together to go up against him. <laughs> if one of you can't do the job, sorry, buddy, you're not interesting enough for me. And so they were just always came off as just lame. What's your power? A boomerang. Come on. Really? A freaking <laughs> boomerang? No, come on. Slightly better than a flute. Yeah, so... It's just ridiculous. So this, though, is in line with the kind of villain we'd see in a Batman series or something like that. I really, really like where they're going. And the fact that it's not just this, not just evil and not just two-dimensional. Yeah, it's it's dark. I mean, you got guys grown from bits of them. I think it's it's really quite dark, and I love that in a Flash series, especially when you're looking at the history and what it means to him as well. Mm -hmm. So Flash, all around fantastic. Yeah. Uh, moving on from there, and I don't think we're going to have quite as many good things to say about it. I, I just wanted to touch back in on Green Lantern because it was a very hot topic at least for us after the relaunch, because they set it up for such success with Sinestro getting the ring and Hal being depowered and pretty much instantly changed their minds on that. Uh, they had the whole buddy cop thing going on. Uh, Sinestro gave Hal a portion of his power so Hal could be a Green Lantern again. And, uh, there were parts of the story I liked. All the stuff with Sinestro... I liked anytime how Jordan was remotely associated with what was going on on the panel. I lost interest in it. Okay. I had read the first two issues a while back and I had to get caught up and read the last, uh, the newest three now because I, I hadn't been keeping up with, with everything, obviously. Um, and I'd been kind of disappointed with the first two issues. And I have to say, actually, I thought it got better. I thought it got better as the story progressed and now with what's going on with the guardians i'm actually interested to see what's going to be going on now do i think it's phenomenal writing i'm sorry but no i don't there's a lot of cheesy crap going on with the guardians right now anytime hal is dealing with the love of his life it's oh. like really come on you're this is not this is not good i I can appreciate that they'd say, that, yeah, but that's how, you know, people would, if they'd screwed up a relationship and they wanted to make it work and that's all they're thinking about. Okay, I can appreciate that, but guess what? This is not real life. It's a freaking comic book. Thrill us, excite us, give him someone new that's different as well. Because honestly, Carol is not the most interesting person, even with the skimpy freaking pink costume on she's just not that interesting and so then what's going on with hal and her is just it is boring and so i i like the interactions between 
Hallinson Astro to a certain degree. Part of what I like is just freaking Sinestro putting him in his place. Yeah. That 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 no flying off <laughs> in issue three when he's trying to make sure that he listens and doesn't go off the handle. I thought that was actually funny, and I enjoyed that. But even then, I just don't like how Hal is being written in no. this issue at all in this series right now. I I think that it's very weak and. I can appreciate that it's a different Hal than we're used to within reason and stuff, but I just don't like how he's being written. And then even Sinestro, who has some fairly good lines periodically and whatnot, is coming off way too two-dimensional as well in different different sections and different issues where even for him, he's too full of himself. So, (laughs) and that's saying a lot. So, I don't know. And then the whole thing with the story as well with the the um wanting to destroy the yellow lanterns and this and that and it's like after everything we've read about sinestro and the sinestro core and everything which is a a lot all right i've read a lot hundreds and hundreds of these freaking things all right i'm not saying i'm an authority but i got a kind of a little bit of a feel for it at this point no I can't buy it that he would be destroying this. I just don't buy it at all. I don't care if they've all gone rogue on his ass and he wants to destroy because they're threatening his home world and things like that. I honestly, it's no, I don't buy it. And then they make it seem like it's, you know, it, 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 it waffles. It's like at one point it's, he's getting held by them and he's getting tortured by them, but he's kind of like, damn near laughing it off oh no it's a 17 level torture it's like what what you've got a freaking chart somewhere that tells you what level torture it is and then and then at times it's like it's too easy for him and he's like freaking drilling holes through guys and then the whole escape thing and then how are you going to deactivate it by throwing the green lantern in oh spoiler warning people and and it's like (laughs) it comes off as way too easy and then, yeah, Hal gets disintegrated and brought back together. But then the whole thing, when it, it, it finally reaches that conclusion, which it's let, I thought, e- even taking all that into consideration, I thought, okay, well, it's ramping up to something that should be still fairly good. So let's just go for the ride. And it was like, it was a joke. The whole, it was like, was it even one panel? It was, it was one page? I think it was like one panel. Yeah. It was, it was nothing, nothing at all to destroy, not destroy it, but to siphon all the energy out of the other, the, the, the yellow lantern. It was literally like one or two panels and it's been ramping up to this for several issues and it's supposed to be such a huge deal and all he kind of went was like tap tap and here look at my green lantern and it's like that's that and it's like wow what a letdown that was so there's a lot of quirks in the writing that i really really didn't like and yet there was still enough that i was somewhat enjoying it and it, it, it's, no, it's not even in my top 10 of what's going on now, but it was like, no. okay, well, it was a fun little ride, and I'm interested to see what's going on with the Guardians, but that's just because I'm somewhat invested because of everything that I've read in the past. But it's certainly, it, it's, it's certainly got a lot of flaws as well. And I, I think, at least for me, and probably for you as well, even if it does you know, get better and, okay, it tells a good and interesting story, from where it left off before the relaunch, 
there was so much better of a story that could have been told oh, that yeah. we've now missed. And yep. it, it it's never going to live up to the potential that they've wasted in my eyes. I agree. I completely agree. And I, I don't like, okay, I'm curious to know what's going to be happening with the Guardians, but I'm not, it's hard to, You're not harsh, that curious. but I'm not <laughs> enjoying it. You know what I mean? It's kind of hard. It's read it on Wikipedia. Everything on freaking with DC right now, for the most part, that's it's it's so hard to be passionate about it and to really be excited. But in some cases, you're curious, and that's what it is. I'm I'm curious where it's going, and I'm I'm you know, but it's not like I'm really thrilled about it either. There's there's just way too much again. That's cliche with those freaking guardians again. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you been keeping up with any of the other associated Lantern titles? Up to issue three, the core, and I think up to issue four, the Red Lanterns. Uh, so, Red Lanterns has has maintained my interest uh, <laughs> at at the very least. Um, core, I'm going back and forth because it's big epic action, which is great. Not too much depth to the story, but they are doing some interesting things with the Green Lantern lore and expanding upon the actual Green Lantern universe that really has me interested. So uh, I'm still I'm more interested in Green Lantern core than I am with Green Lantern, which is where we stood yep. uh, a few months ago. So yep. and it, it's I'm still disappointed, just like what you're saying too. what we what was going on before and whatnot. And. It, it just seemed to have gone from such a high point to something that is, like, I mean, so far below my radar that I was reading the freaking Teen Titans instead of this stuff kind of thing. <laughs> and I mean, that ain't no freaking prize either right now at this point. So, no, it's it's I'm really not digging what they're doing with the Green Lanterns. And it's, it's sad because, again, it's that potential that you look at. My God, you could have so much fun with this and do something epic again. And you're not. You're you're pissing it away. And also, uh, New Guardians is still out there as well. I'm not quite current on that one as I am on the other ones. But despite my distaste for Kyle Rayner, I'm finding it enjoyable. I, I'm not saying it's good because it's it it's flying at like a million miles an hour and they're throwing so many different things at you. But with all the other lanterns that they have assembled, and of course, once Larflees shows up, it's a great show. Uh, it's been pretty entertaining at the very least. I haven't been keeping up with that. I think I read the first two, and that's all I've been. Uh, again, my my interest in the lanterns really, really dropped quite. Yeah, and it, it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. Yeah. All right, so moving away from those two, uh, on to what we've been reading. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is Wonder Woman. I didn't want to include this in our standard DC discussion because I know the type of comics you like, and I didn't want to have to hear you moaning about how I made you read this. (laughs) that's harsh. Dude, I'm caught up on freaking Wonder Woman. Right now, Wonder Woman is a damn sight better than what's going on with any of the Lantern titles. Okay, I've really been enjoying Wonder Woman. Um, Putting it even in my top five of the New 52 right now. Just, I love what they're doing with the character, and the more more so than Wonder Woman herself, the entire mythology surrounding it of the Greek pantheon. Uh, we've seen in other comics, uh, specifically on the Marvel side of things, trying to bring this ancient, you know, pantheon of gods into a modern setting, and it it doesn't work. Like, oh, oh, they're you know CEOs of a corporation. No, Wonder Woman is keeping it mythical and huge and ridiculous, but. At least for me, it's working. Uh, (laughs) 
I wasn't expecting Poseidon to show up as a literally a giant fish. Yeah. So there, there's some cool stuff going on there. Uh, tweaking the actual origin of Wonder Woman herself, I have no issues with that. I had nothing invested in the character in the first place. So I, I'm liking the possibilities this is setting up for the story. And just it has a certain style to it. It, it Every issue, it's much like Batman and much like Flash. It has so much style that it makes me want to keep looking at the pages because it just looks damn cool. I um, it's it's it keeps getting better for me, because initially it was um, it wasn't something that I was thrilled about, but it's not that I disliked it. I had a few issues here and there with the, the story kind of thing, but then it's gotten better each issue to the point where the last one I actually quite enjoyed. And the, the whole thing with the brother kind of thing, <laughs> I think is, <laughs> is awesome. I think he sounds like he's going to be a phenomenal character and a lot of fun. So they're, they're doing some things with the series that I, I'm actually really enjoying. And the art is really growing on me as well. Although I haven't compared the latest issue with the first one either to actually do a visual comparison. But in my mind, either I'm getting used to it or it's actually getting better as well. So I don't know which it is. Maybe he's he or she has found a flow kind of thing and so it's working better. Or again, it might just be that I'm more used to it now. And there's a lot less limbs getting chopped off. Yeah, there, there is actually. Yeah, that's true. I... <laughs> there's been a significant decrease in that category in DC lately. The whole God, it had to, because seriously, dude. <laughs> Except for Mob Rule, but we're going to let that one slide because that was cool. Yeah, that was actually part of the story. It wasn't just, <laughs> oh, look, a hand. And aside from that, I also wanted to touch on Wolverine number 300. Uh, came out a couple weeks ago. I finally got a chance to check it out. And it's just a big, awesome Wolverine story. Anytime Wolverine heads back to Japan, you know you're in for a treat. And it's just, it's a great story. Uh, It's broken up into different chapters, uh, some of it focusing on Logan himself, some of it focusing on the son of the Silver Samurai. Uh, That one kind of got a little grating at times, but I I was able to go along with it because it was still cool. And there were still ninjas. so (laughs) So that had to be great. And then just... Random Sabretooth out of nowhere. <laughs> this is basically um, Jason Aaron is almost done with his time writing Wolverine, at least on the solo title. He's still doing the uh, Wolverine and the X-Men. So he wanted to leave it off in a point where uh, the, the, the unfortunate Jeff Loeb miniseries is going to come in and explain why Sabretooth is back. But it doesn't matter because it's Sabretooth. <laughs> it's just there's been so much done between the two characters over the years I think I thought I'd seen it all and I have seen it all. But with Sabretooth being gone for such an amount of time, him coming back now has an impact because you you can't have Wolverine without Sabretooth. Just personally, I don't think it can be done. I do. I do. But then again, I've... I'm not saying it has to be done all the time like it has been, but it, it, he's such a great antagonist for Logan. Yeah, yeah but... See, I, I, hmm, I, I'm all right with characters being gone. I've made that clear before. So, and that goes both for heroes as well as for villains. I'm all right with them just point blank being gone. There you go. Um, and so I would be all right with this character being gone. I, the character never had that much going for him in the first place. So 
I think that when he left, it opened up the opportunity for writers to really work on new villains that could be that much more powerful and like Satan have more of a pre- okay. Well, don't corner me, <laughs> put me in a corner, okay? <laughs> Just because I said it opened the door for it doesn't mean they've actually done it. But yeah, I, no, I, I I'd be all right with no no. Saber I'll agree. I I can see that to a point. Um, I'm not terribly interested in seeing entire stories built around Wolverine and Sabretooth, but at least the way he's being used in this story as a supporting member of a larger cast, I, I really enjoyed what they did here. Okay. I actually haven't read it yet, so I, I still have to pick it up. It's the most I've enjoyed a Wolverine comic in quite a while, at least a solo Wolverine comic. Right. All right. Uh, have you got anything for us this week? Um, a couple of DC titles that just ever so briefly to complain about. The... Freaking Red Hood and the Outlaws. Um, I hate myself, but I actually read the last the last one. I didn't read number. I didn't. I skipped one anyway. So I read the last one, and it's uh, it's still terrible. It's still absolutely terrible. Junk. It's just. Yeah, I can't say anything else. It's really I. <laughs> I. What's funny is that I know some people who are enjoying it, and it's like, I I don't I don't get it. But as always, it's it's subjective so some people like it some people won't which is fine i don't i really really don't at all and then i read the newest teen titan i'd been kind of enjoying some of what was going in the teen titans again it's that sliding dc new 52 curve so i was willing to give them a lot more flexibility kind of thing there was even one issue that i kind of enjoyed not just a this isn't bad but kind of enjoyed and it's getting to the point now where it's like no no it's it's now it's gotten stupid when you got freaking robin who is complaining to kid flash saying take my sweater off where'd you get that sweater i didn't tell you you could do it and it's a fight over a freaking sweater and i'm going oh my god it's literally literally turned into just kids bs now so it's like forget it you've lost me that's it i still like kid flash himself though he's not terrible but he's certainly not great by any stretch of the imagination and he is quite literally a cliche wrapped up in a cliche that's that's all he is right now he's what i want out of a kid flash at the very least ah see not me i i he kid flash in the flash and in flashpoint that's the kid flash that we need that was awesome this is I, not I, him. I won't. Uh, I won't argue that because that was awesome. But also, having been reading Teen Titans for many years, this harkens back to to the the, the when he's called himself Impulse, and he was that impulsive, you know, kid. So yeah. Anyways, the the other one that I actually did want to talk about is I did read the newest Walking Dead, and we kind of talked about this a little bit off air, and. It's really sad that I feel that were it not for the pedigree and how much the series has meant to me up to this point, I would be giving up on it. I am that disappointed in where the story has been going ever since Carl got shot. The maybe one issue after I could have appreciated taking some time and, and everything to because of what happened with maybe two issues before Carl was ready to move on and things like that. However, it, it took far too long. And then now the story arcs since then have been, I'm sorry, terrible. And they've been crap that we've seen for 
all of these issues up until now. There's nothing new to speak of, and the stuff that's being done is just... Um, I, I just don't like it. It's the crap that's going on now with this guy who says there's other religions, and then they, they, they beat the crap out of him, tie him up, and then they... They're interrogating him and they're worried about what's going on. And this whole thing of, oh, if they don't do what we want, then we'll just take what we want from them. And I'm going, oh, come on, Rick. Really? That's, it was, it was a terrible way to end that, that, that issue. And then again, I just, I thought the, and it's not just this issue, but the last quite a few issues now have just been bad. I just point blank haven't, haven't liked them. I have faith in him as a writer. To create something that'll be good again in the series. However, we haven't seen that since Carl getting shot. And again, were it not for the pedigree, which says a lot of the writer, I'd be given up on the series without a doubt. Like I told you too, it's pretty, it's a sad state of affairs when I'm looking forward to the next bit of the TV series for The Walking Dead more than the next episode of, or issue of the actual comic book. As I've been saying for a couple months now, I think it's ready to move the story away from Rick. I would be okay with that. Um, you know what? I think that you're right. I think that that would finally actually breathe new life into it. I think that I don't think that's enough, to be honest. I think that it needs more than that, even. There's, True. It's just, I don't think that it needs a full new cast. That's not what I'm suggesting, but it can certainly do with making some pretty sweeping changes and quite frankly just carl get shot in the eye is not enough of a sweeping change and and part of me i i mean i hate to say it but i'm disappointed that they didn't kill the character off it's they should have killed him off i, I can't argue that they've, they've had no problem killing everybody else yeah i i, I think i can kind of see it as i'm saying look we didn't kill somebody well i think <laughs> that, at this point that is a twist I don't think that they necessarily would have bowed to the readers' opinions and rants, let's be honest. Um, I don't think that's it necessarily. I, I think genuinely he probably never intended to kill oh, him no. off. But I think that's a wrong decision. I mean, yes, anger your fans. Who cares? That's what this is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be that it's realistic and that, you know, and someone getting shot in the eye and losing that much of their freaking head... Uh, and there's no real medical attention that they can get and no hospital and all kinds of stuff like that. I'm, I'm sorry, this, this kid should have died and it would have also created something that, I mean, we've seen Rick change a lot over all of these issues. I mean, substantially, and we've seen him get darker and darker. I think that this could have kind of sent him over the edge even more where a lot of other things, it would have opened itself up to a lot more interesting stories as well. All right, so uh, that's enough of that, yeah. uh, and we're going to wrap up with uh, the new releases that we're interested in for today. Uh, on Marvel, we have Amazing Spider-Man number 679. Have you read 678 yet? No, I'm behind. Fantastic. Okay. Fantastic. Great, great stuff. Uh, Avengers Academy number 25, Defenders number 3, Fear Itself the Fearless number 8, Hulk number 48, Punisher number 8, really can't wait for that one, Uncanny X-Force number 21, I can't believe how quickly they're cranking out these X-Men. We're already up to issue six for Uncanny. Yeah. I think we, we're still on three for Wolverine, right? Mm, 
maybe four? I think four, actually. And and that one's not running late. That's shipping at a normal schedule. They're just pumping out uncannies. That's because they need to win people over. <laughs> Smart people don't want to read it. Issue 13 of Venom, which is starting the Circle of Four little mini event. Winter Soldier number one, which by all reasons I should hate because of all the stuff going around it going back to fear itself. But you give me Brubaker writing a pulp spy story, I'll read it. And Butch Guise, great art. Uh, and then uh, also X-Factor number 231. From DC, uh, this list gets shorter every week. <laughs> Issue six for Animal Man, Red Lanterns, and Swamp Thing. Okay. As well as the trade paperback uh, edition of Zombie. Really, really loved that uh, that little miniseries they did. And then to round out the list from Boom Studios, we've got Irredeemable number 34. And from Image, Fatal number two and Invincible number 88. And there's actually a uh, Magic the Gathering series oh, as I well about that one. which i am that? really really looking forward to that actually i i don't know if it's going to be good or not and I, honestly i haven't even done any reading on it i don't know who's working on it i just saw it and kind of giggled a little I'm pulling it up right now <laughs> it's coming from idw so they've done some cool they've, they've actually done a lot of good work with their licensed properties lately and i don't recognize any of the names attached but yeah magic the gathering check that one out yeah all right, so that finishes up here on issue 63. As always, you can find us at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CBinformer. And, of course, you can email either of us, either Vince or Roger, at comicbookinformer.com. And we'll see everybody next week. Heavily medicated. Okay, just FYI. <laughs> um, Oh, dude. Okay, hold on a second. Uh, yeah, one of the other panels as well. It, how am I going to slice that off? See, yeah, never you're, start you're... a sentence with yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? Can you tell there should be Jeopardy music there? <laughs>